Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Something funny, a husband's generosity. A group of men is at a gym club. When a cell phone rings and one of the men answers, yes, he says, Han, is it you? I can hardly hear you. Hello? Is it you? Are you at the gym? Yes. I'm in front of the fur shop and they have this beautiful mink fur coat. Can I buy it? How much is it? Oh, about $5,000. Okay, but make sure you buy a matching purse that goes along with it too, my love. Well, it also turns out I just stopped at the car dealership today and they have a brand new BMW for sale. Can I buy it? It's the last one. How much is it? It's only $60,000. Fine, buy it. But you have to get it with all the accessories. And if it costs a little bit more, I won't get mad. The woman, realizing that her husband is in a really good mood, decides to take a risk. Honey, remember that I told you that my mother wants to come and live with us. Is it, is it okay if I invite her over for a month just to try it out? And after a month, we could talk about it again. Okay, okay, fine by me, but don't ask me for anything else, okay? Yeah, 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 I love you so much, baby. I love you too, bye. As soon as he hangs up the phone, the man turns to look at the man in the room. He says, can you please tell me whose cell phone this is? It's sometimes so easy to be generous with other people's money, right? It's very generous with other people's money. Wow. I love the church. I love the church. I, lo- I love the church. I love what's happening in this place. There's nothing like the church. Did you know last week we had six people come to faith in Christ for the first time on Sunday? I know people come to Christ in the, I'm talking on Sunday. Two of them were children, children of parents in this church. And I heard one of the stories, and it made me cry. It was just amazing. And when I shared the story with somebody else, I cried on the phone. I mean, I'm just a crybaby these days, you know. And it's just amazing what's happening. Three other people recommitted their lives to Christ. It was just absolutely amazing. Nine people on one day are just being impacted by the glory of God. Did you know that one lady who's doing Alpha course right now, we're doing two Alpha courses right now, one of the ladies came to our church because she was looking up Alpha, and she found how many churches are doing Alpha course. And so she came to us, and she's doing Alpha right now, and God is touching her life in this. Isn't it wonderful? I love this place. You know, you just don't know what God is doing, even through your ministry. I was yesterday at a pastor's lunch, no, the day before yesterday, at a pastor's lunch at the New Zealand and Beyond Conference, and you know what happened? One guy, his name is Tim Miller. He says, you can just tell me. I told him, I was going to say, on Sunday, I'm going to tell this thing. He said, tell him. I said, Tim Miller came to me. He's got a beautiful ministry right now and um, works for the government, but it's, it's a ministry. It's, it's, uh, it's um, helping people with housing and things like that. And he told me, do you know, Gideon, that in the year 2000, when you gave the altar call at the March for Jesus, I went forward, you know? And I never knew. I never knew that one person changed life. He says, my friends didn't know. They, they looked at me and said, Amazing. He just went forward to the, I don't even remember what happened those days. You just don't know what happens through your life when you bless people and when you call people into a relationship with God. This is like in 2000. This is like 19 years ago, right? And somebody comes just to encourage me because what happened 20 years ago. Isn't it amazing? Come on, guys. And we all have those stories, you know, in our lives. What you do right now will have consequences for many people that you touch forever. 
And only in heaven sometimes we will know all the people that we touch right now. We don't even know what's happening right now. I mean, God bless you when you're watching on live stream. I don't know, I don't know you, except for my mother. Um, but, you know, I don't know you, and, and you may be blessed. And maybe today is your appointment today with Jesus Christ. What a wonderful moment it will be. And please write to us, but I may never, I may never know, and I'll meet you in heaven, and I'll know then. God wants to use our lives. Amen? There's nothing like the church. I want to talk about generosity today. I want to talk about the heart of generosity. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about generosity. I'm amazed. If one of the things that I'm really amazed by in this church and with all us people, is the growth of generosity, a heart of generosity in our lives in so many different ways. This morning I was getting ready for, uh, you know, I was going through my preaching stuff this morning. At 7 o'clock in the morning, Saskia was already awake, uh, picking up a whitey on the other side of town. And, and, uh, and all these things, you know, she's very sexist right there in the front row. Hi, Sas. Um, and the thing is, though, she was already doing You know, there's so many people who are serving tirelessly in this church, giving so much of their time. It's just amazing, particularly the worship team. You have no idea how much, on Thursday night they train, they come early on Sunday morning, this afternoon they'll be here again at 4 o'clock to get ready for the 6 o'clock. I mean, on and on it goes. They serve us. It's just wonderful what's happening in this way. I mean, I talked about the other day, somebody gave a car away, but so many things are happening in this church. I think we really are becoming generous, the generous people. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things that we can ever do, sacrificial generosity. And again, this is not based on money. It is based on what I see in terms of our heart. And I tell you, it's our heart that determines our actions. And if our heart is generous then your life is going to be generous. And I really would love all of us to become really generous in your heart, in everything that you do. I love what's being given. You know, I love the generosity of, of words spoken over our life. I mean, Catherine leads a team of about 40 or so uh, people with prophetic thing, and, and we're learning to prophesy, to speak life into people's lives. And I love the prophetic uh, community that we have here because the prophetic just builds people up and encourages people. I love that whole thing. That's why Paul says, do this stuff. Everybody should prophesy because you, you bring something of life into other people's lives. I love it. You know, I love the generosity of worship. I love how you just go crazy for God, how you're so passionate for Jesus. I tell you one time, come at night, even for you oldies, me, oldies, come at night. You see some of the young adults and the young people, they go nuts for Jesus. I mean, they, they're not shameless, but they are like, they're amazing, you know. Come at night sometime because the disco all stops come out, you know. It's like, whoa, that's amazing, you know. So, I mean, the passion that is in this place, the generosity of giving our love to Jesus, I just love it. I just love it, and I see it in many of you. It's who we are, and it's who we are becoming. And the reason why we are becoming this is because we're becoming more and more like Jesus. Jesus is extremely generous. And so more and more we become like him, we become generous in every way. Amen? Two amens. That's good. I'm warming up. You know, love without expression, it's useless. Love without any expression is worthless. We've got to express our love. It is not love without expression, right? It needs to be expressed. It needs to be shown. I mean, like, like talking about my wife. I, I, you know, some people in our church, they actually talk to Catherine. Are you okay with being in the sermon illustration every week, you know? 
I said, but my life is so much intertwined with her life that these are my best stories, you know, because that's my life, you know. <laughs> these are my best stories. And, and, of course, I can't, I can't sometimes, you know, I can make up with her, you know what I mean? It's hard with you guys because you may leave the church, you know. So I, I may, it's a bit more risky talking about you guys, you know, than I talk about you guys. And I've got this whole thing of confidentiality. I'm not allowed to say anything that you guys talk to me about, right? So this whole pastoral thing, too. So I'm losing my wife. But listen to me. You gotta, how, how does your wife, how does your husband, how does your friend, how does your boss, how do they know that you love them? How do they know? How do you show your love? I mean, that's very practical, I know, but still, it's good to be practical, right? How do they know? Do you know the love language of your partner? I was here the other day with a couple, and they have never heard of love languages. Have you guys ever, have you ever heard of the book, Love Languages, the five love languages, right? Please, please put your hand on that. Well, not everybody. Get the book, Love Languages, and figure out what the love language is. Sometimes you can be loving your wife, and maybe for 20 years, she doesn't like to be loved that way. She doesn't want you to do stuff for her. She just wants you to hold her. Maybe you've missed the point for 20 years, and she's just grumbling, you know? Why don't we find out what the love language is? We know the love language is all of us for, for our kids, you know, and uh, for the people. Know about my love language. My love language is words of affirmation. So talk well about me. If you don't talk well about me, I get irritated. I don't, I, so make sure you talk well about me, right? And I love hugs, touch. So I, that's why I hug so much. Catherine is not so much a hug. It's not really her love language. But, but her love language would be um, more like uh, quality time, which, of course, I'm terrible at, which is really hard. Um, sit down for even five minutes and to listen to her. It's like, <laughs> do I really need to do this, you know? And so that's really hard. So that's, I'm, I'm still learning in this area. That's one. And the other one's acts of service, which I actually am good at. I make her cups of teas, like I don't know how many times a day, and uh, sweep the floor and, and do the dishes and all this kind of stuff. So actually, I won. But with the staff, we did the whole thing. Who does the dishes and stuff best? I won. Which I think is quite amazing of, of, of staff, you know, because sometimes you may think I've got, a, I've got a servant at home. I don't. And she is not my servant. I believe me. Uh, she is not my servant. Actually, I'll say the other way around. I'm her servant. I'll just make sure I'll, I'll get my goodies, that's all. <laughs> See, love is, love is all about giving. Love is all about giving. You, love has to be about giving, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. He loves and he gives. Giving is part of loving, right? You can't love and not give. Love, being in love, you always find. If you're in love, you always find something to do, right? And to give, you know? Serious. You try and do something. Flowers, little thing. I talked last time about all those little sticky notes everywhere. You know, whatever you do. If you're in love with somebody, you got it in your mind the whole time. You can't get away from it. And you try and find ways to love that person, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Man, there's only a few of you, like 20. You say, all, all of us you do one time. Yes, all together, you know. This is absolutely what we need to do. It's so important. <laughs> do you know that's how God thinks? Do you know that God thinks about you all the time? He can't get you out of his mind. He can't get you out of his heart. He is so in love with you, he can't get away from you. And so he blesses you with so many things, and so many things you don't even know about, so many things he does behind the scenes, you don't even know what's happening, right? But he is so amazing. He is so in love with you. Do you know that he's boasting to his angels about you all the time? Yeah. Just look at Fred, Frank, Mary. Do it again. It's amazing. And even if you do something stupid, said, look how stupid that. No. The thing is, though, you know, 
They, they always love. It's in the Bible. It says here, look at 1 Peter 5, 7. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Come on, why don't you put your hand on your heart and say, Thank you, Lord, that you're always thinking about me and that you watch everything that concerns me. That's how generous God is to us. Isn't that amazing? Come on. God really loves us. He's really concerned about you. He's really concerned about me. Now, Proverbs talks a lot about generosity, and I really like this and in various ways. I'll show you a few things here. Proverbs 11.24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped themselves. Isn't it amazing? So the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and smaller and me, you know, and self, the fish, you know. Isn't it amazing? So uh, what, how is your world doing? How, how are you doing? Is your world getting bigger and bigger and bigger? Or is your world getting smaller and smaller and smaller? It's not a rhetorical question. It's a real question. You know, it's a real challenge to us, isn't it? Proverbs 11, here in the, in the Passion Translation, same scripture. Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them, and the one who pours out his or her life to pour out blessing will be saturated with favor. I'll tell you why I believe there's so much favor coming into your life, into our church. You know why it is? It's because of that. Because I believe that we are learning to be generous. I think that God is inserting and is loving on us in such a way, and it's just starting to infiltrate our lives in such a way, it's like being marinated in the love of God, and you cannot help but be generous. And generosity always looks to other people, and God loves generosity. And what happens then is that you get favor because it comes back to you. It just comes back to you. It's amazing. Actually, literally it says here, the soul of blessing will grow fat. God wants to grow us fat in love, fat in generosity, fat in loving on other people. Amen? It's so healthy for you to become generous in your life. It brings prosperity, health, and goodness into your life. I'll tell you something. The best way to beat a lean, mean soul, no, lean soul, not mean, but mean too. If you're mean, the best way to do it, to change that, is to start loving on other people. Yeah. It's trying to be generous with other people because you cannot do the same thing. You cannot be lean and mean at the same time as you are big and large and loving. You can't do it at the same time. Right. It's exclusive of each other, right? So the thing is, though, why don't we learn to start to bless others in every way? I love this. To pour out your life, to pour out blessing and be saturated with faith. What a great promise in the Bible when we start pouring out our lives, start pouring out blessing on other people, that we are saturated with favor. It's so good, guys. Come on, you just be quiet a bit in this place, you know? It's Pentecost Sunday. You can do a bit crazy today. It happened on the first Pentecost Sunday. The wind blew, and they're all crazy. They, they thought they were drunk. You know, so come on, you, just, you know, get involved, you know, and it's good, you know? 
Did you know that you're actually in, in control of your own life? There was one of the preachers talked about here. God is not in control. God's giving control to you. <laughs> yes, God's giving control to you. Does he know what's happening? Of course he knows what's happening. But he's not in control. He's chosen for us to control, to bring dominions. Right in Genesis, and that's not my talk today, but it's right about. The thing is you control your life. What you reap is what you've sown. Or the other way around, what you sow is what you reap. It's just the way it is. It's just what God put into, into humanity. It says in Ecclesiastes, from the beginning of time till the end, there's these principles of sowing and reaping. It's just the way it is. And it's in everything of our lives. I'm not talking about money now. Also money, but I'm talking about everything of our life. What you sow, you will reap, right? The farmer's destiny is all in, 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 the, in the harvest, right? And he can determine how much he's going to sow into the harvest to see what he wants to reap as a harvest in his life. And we have our own destiny in our hands. So I suggest we start sowing in this whole area of generosity. And there's a few beautiful examples that are coming up in our lives right here. But before I do, I want to say something. That actually generosity is not something you just have to just kind of fabricate and, you know, stir up. Yes, stir up in some ways. Because God is generous, right? Jesus is generous at the core of his being, right? Love, the greatest expression of love is generosity. And so he loves it's at the core of his being. At the core of you, at the core of me, if you're a Christian, you are born of generosity, right? So it's actually in your DNA. It's actually who you really are. And so I'm suggesting that we learn to act and to live who we already are by the power of the Holy Spirit who's breathed into our lives. We are born of generosity. Amen? It's the foundation of our lives. See, see generosity is the, is the language that we speak. And we're learning to speak. We're learning to speak the language of love, the language of love. I love this too, is that with generosity, everybody wins. There are no losers with generosity. I'll say it again. There are no losers with generosity. With generosity, it just keeps on snowballing. It's amazing how it goes. It just keeps on rolling. Because generosity, if somebody's generous to somebody else, for example, the car that somebody gave away to, to somebody in the church, right? So he's got a new car, right? So he says, oh, wow. He's put it on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere, you know, the whole thing of, I got a new car. And then he's going to share this. And then other people say, wow, did you hear about this car? Somebody gave a new car. You know, in harmony, whatever. All this stuff started happening. And suddenly this whole massive thing of one action, one action, now, I tell you something, that also one bad action can also have a reaction. Yeah. Look at Falau. It's very quiet now. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm not making adjustments. I'm saying to you what one thing can do, so you better know what you're doing. You better know what you put on your, on your Instagram, your Facebook. You better know when you speak something, because it can come back to you. It can bite you in the bum. Right? It can. But at the same time, when we are generous and we are so life-giving to other people and we're life-giving in our lives, it's amazing what the ripple effect, I talked about the ripple effect a couple of weeks ago, what this wake of your life is all goodness. Now what happens then is not only the people are blessed by it, but they start talking, you are blessed because they love you and they think that they put favor on your life, but they also start talking to other people, God loves it, favors on your life, things just start happening. So I suggest that we learn to be generous at every time. I believe that God wants us this year, as we talk about being established, to establish us in generosity, in a generous heart. 
And when we have a generous heart, amazing things start to happen around us. Now here, there's a beautiful scripture here. Um, no, I'll say it in, in a minute. Um, I, you know, God is, 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 is so generous. I'm talking about the whole thing of um, generosity of, of, of loving people, of speaking well of people. I'm talking about generosity of, of, of attitude. That people know when they're around you, there's a, there's a positive and life-giving attitude in life. I'm talking about actions. I'm talking about finance. I'm talking about all these different things that a generous heart is involved with. Isaiah 32 says this. A generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. What a great scripture to look at being established, to stand on, to be firm on a foundation of generosity in your life. Amen? Proverbs 22, he who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Wow, a generous eye. How are your eyes doing? Do you see the need? Do you even want to see the need? Or do you close your eyes to the needs of other people? The needs of people even just around you he's the way you see see jesus for him his lens was generosity so everything he did was generous because his lens was generosity i suggest that we maybe some of us got to put some other glasses on and put your glasses of generosity on your life and start loving on some people around you it is so and that's why your life gets bigger and bigger you start lodging because generosity always brings a larger life right? Larger and larger. Man, I've got such a vision to see us all grow. Honestly, I've been so challenged myself even this whole series, what I've been doing now about love and kind of hard for the house, but really for love um, and, and understanding the love of God. I'm really challenged because really love is all you need. You really do. I mean, the Beatles were completely right. Love is all you need. And the thing is though, we just need to be bathed in the love of God. When we start to be established in the love of God more and more and more and more and more and more and more, it will not only change our lives, it will change everything around you. I believe it will bring revival because other people will look at you. Remember, they will know us by our love, all the stuff we talked about a few weeks ago. It is just very, very powerful. So I'm just hacking on about this because I just have this vision for myself to be more loving because I know what's going to happen in and through my life, and I want all of us to experience that. Amen? Proverbs 10. The mouth, here we go, for the mouth. We have the eye, not the mouth. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. And his words of wisdom are a source of blessing, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence and evil. What about your words? What about your tongue, how you speak? Do you speak generously to your spouse? Do you speak generously to your kids? Do you speak generously to your boss and to your pastors? Do you speak generously to your workers and to whoever else? Workers, come on. It's so, do you speak generous to the shop owner? Do you speak generous at the, at the petrol station? Do you say thank you? Hey, you're looking good today. Hey, bless you. Hey, whatever. Do you speak blessing over people? Are you, are you a generous person that go beyond what is kind of expected, if you like? Come on. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What kind of fruit are you eating right now by the words that you have spoken? Hey? It can be so powerful. 
but it can be so painful. I've spoken some things in my life, and honestly with you, it's, it's pained people. It's been terrible. And I had to ask for forgiveness, and I had to say sorry, and I just like whatever. And really, my favor went down, because it never goes up when you have pain and stuff, and when you cause pain, you know. And this might, it's just terrible. This just, it can be so bad. You've got to be really careful what we say. Like I said before, because it comes back like a boomerang. You know, you sow what you reap. If you start really speaking bad about somebody, or even about the church, or whatever, bad about something, it will come back to you. Yeah. It really will come back to you. But if you speak positive and you're life-giving, that also will come back to you. But in a good, positive, strong, life-giving way, you sow what you reap. Now, I, I really have to learn to tame my tongue. My tongue is both my, my asset, if you like. It's one of the best things I have. I can speak fast, maybe sometimes too fast. And I can speak... Now, actually, often too fast. I'm not talking about speaking like just speaking fast. I'm talking about speaking, reacting too fast to things. I mean, often Kathy said, please don't send that email right now. Think about it. Pray about it. Sit on it. But I used to have, especially early in our time, it's like, no, no, no just, just go. Just got know about this stuff. It's just not right, you know, or whatever, you know. And we've all done it, right? We've all done it. I tell you, but I'm, I'm, talk, I'm actually, for three people that have asked me some questions, three people I have not reacted to yet. I've not come back to him yet. Normally, I would have done straight away, like, Arr. but I want to. I want to learn to become a generous person, and a generous person doesn't do that way. See, I tell you the secret: if our heart is generous, then everything out of our life will become generous, even the way you deal with people who hate you, or walk away out of your life, or whatever. Right? That's what Jesus was like, right? But I tell you, if your heart is broken, if you have a broken heart. Everything out of your mouth will be broken. And you start speaking brokenness over people, over churches, over, over, over whatever, friends, whatever you do. Everything is broken, so that you speak broken. And I suggest you really be careful about what you say. Yeah. Not only does it hurt a lot of other people and bring other people, but also it can come back to you. Yeah. It makes you not happier in your life. I love our church slogan. Our church slogan is passion for God and compassion for people. That means we want to be generous about loving God, love God with all of our heart. And we want to be generous in loving people. I know it's so simple. It is so simple. But the whole law, it says, remember the whole law is that one, one verse. The whole law of the prophets, one verse. Love God as he loved you. And be filled with his love. It's just powerful. Love God. Love other people. I want to become generous like that. And you know that passion and love is really contagious. You know, people who love other people, who are passionate about other people, who are generous, you know that people really love those kind of people. <clears throat> if you're a generous person, I can bet you people really like you. I am generous, generally a generous person. Generally, I think people like me. Well, I feel that. I, no, I'm serious now. It's not, not because I'm good. Kathy says, I love you. That's nice, darling. <laughs> Serious. If you are loving to people, people are going to be loving to you too. Now, it doesn't guarantee anything. I get that. But the thing is, though, when you're generous, when you're loving, it's amazing what comes back to you in your life. Right. You know, Jesus was the most loving and generous person who ever lived. He healed generously. He forgave generously he spoke generously they said Jesus everything he spoke was spirit and life 
Come on, guys. Everything he spoke was spirit and life. And spirit is life. You know, it's, it's always good stuff. He loved on people generously. The miracles that he did were generous gifts. The guys couldn't fish, you know, they couldn't find any fish. You know, Peter, those guys were fishing. There's no fish. He said, go, go out again and then put the nets on the other side of the boat. And, of course, he orchestrated all the fish to be there. And, of course, this massive catch. And the two boats, you know, were sinking, you know, blah, blah, way too much fish, you know. But the thing is that that's what he's like. He's, he's generous. One time he went to a wedding. Jesus went to a wedding, right? They ran out of wine. There's all these big containers, like I don't know how many gallons of big containers of water. So he changed it into the best wine ever. At the end of the wedding, when everybody's half drunk, he brings out the best wine. By the way, did you know that? That's one of the most honoring things you could have done, not for Jesus, but he actually made the bridegroom actually make, make look good. Because nobody says, and the bridegroom now, in, for the rest of his life, he would be known for the bridegroom who, 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 who saved the best wine for last. See, Jesus did the miracle. But actually what happened was, that he honored that guy, and that guy now, for the rest of his life, was known for the guy who had the best wine for the last. See, God always makes us look good. He wants to make us look good. And he wants us to honor him with our lives. The feeding of the 5,000, they say there's probably at least 15,000 people would have been there. You know, five loaves and, and two fishes. Twelve baskets were left over. See, Jesus is always generous. He's not wasteful, but he's generous. God is generous, Right? He says in the Bible, he says, um, he says in the whole area of, hey, if, if somebody asks you to walk a mile, go two miles. Now, sometimes we think, what is it all about? Well, you probably know, or some of you may know, that in those days in, in Romans, when, when, when a Roman would be walking down the street and he says, you know, can, can, he could ask anybody to carry his load, his weapons and whatever, just for a mile. And you have to do it, otherwise you go to jail. So, so that's where it comes from. So he says, okay, for a mile, you go with him to, to the mile, it's finished. But then he says, what you do then to be generous is say, hey, I can do another mile. Okay, cool. Another mile. That's what he's saying about it. Another mile. Jesus loved his enemies generously. Honestly, I, I am so learning to do this. I'm, I'm learning to do this. I'm learning to do this. I tell you, in this job, it's, it's amazing. It goes around and comes around the whole time, you know, for us, and Catherine and I. And honestly, some of the pastors just can't cope with what people actually say about you or say about the church or anything like that, right? And to, and to be well and to, be self, to self-care through it is actually quite hard. But, but we are learning just to love generously. Love, and when they hurt us, I'm trying. God is my witness and Kath is my witness. We are trying to really bless them and love them. When people leave the church, hardly ever do, but if they do leave the church, we want to bless you and honestly bless them. Not because of whatever. No, bless them. Bless them because they are a child of God and God loves them. And whatever the reasons are, doesn't matter. Just bless them. So I want to get into this atmosphere in my own life that I'm generous and self-giving. And that, you know, I'll tell you, if we live this way, pain can hardly touch you. That's why Jesus was always happy. There's a lot of pain. Paul also was always happy. Remember, rejoice always in the Lord. You know what he went through the whole time? It was awful. But he had this inner strength of generosity, of love, pulsating through his life. And because of that, he could stay walking and he could stay giving and could still preaching the gospel until he was crucified himself. So, wow, pretty challenging, isn't it, in his life? Man, Jesus is so much our example. I want to finish with this. Romans 5, the band can come up if you want to. Romans 5, 6 to 7. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. 
But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Why, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was so generous that he died for us, even while we are so far from God. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, see, he loves his enemies. We were enemies of God. We were reconciled to him. How much grace is this? Through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, one of the most, you know why I'm always excited about God? Well, you know what I'm always dancing? You know what I'm always worshiping? Because I know where I was. I know where I've come from. I know where you've come from. And it was not a good place. And we were on our way to a wrong place. But God saved me. He delivered me. Not only that, he gave me a new nature. He told me I'm forgiven, righteous, holy forever. It's just beautiful. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. And because of that, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And so I want to just worship him with all of my mind, all of my power, all of my strength in my life. He is so generous to me, and he's been so generous to me, and he continues to be so generous to me. Love amazing, so divine, the minds, my soul, my all. It's amazing, his love. I want to finish with this last, it's a psalm of David. Now David, he was loved by God, right? David has loved God, Old Testament. But he's just an example to us. Look at this, what he says. God, you are my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such a hunger and a thirst for you, traveling across dry and weary deserts. Now, maybe some of you right now, you feel like you're in a bit of a desert. Maybe you're a bit dry or whatever. David experienced this many times. But he said, Lord, I learned for you. I desire for you. He says, so here am I. What a great positioning. Here am I in the place of worship. Eyes open, drinking in your strength and your glory, in your generous love. I am really living at last. Well, that line is an amazing line. I'll say it again. In your generous love, Lord, I am really living at last. That's why I love so much this song, This Is Living Now, because you live in the love of God. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. Wow. Surely this is a word for one or two of you. It's a word for me. Man, he is so amazing. I want to go back to those words in the beginning, that the words that God, remember that God says about some of us need to take off. They're on the runway stationary. God wants to take you off. Some of us want, want in a, 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 a gear shift. There's something happening in a gear shift in your life. Some of us have this wheelbarrow and we kind of sometimes don't feel that we are big enough or, or do enough. And God says, no, I love you so much. I love you so much. Receive my love. Receive my generous love. We cannot go anywhere without the love of God. You can't be a Christian without the love of God. It's in your heart. 
His love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And what a beautiful day today as Pentecost Sunday to thank you for that amazing love that was poured out of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. And it's still being poured out right now. So receive right now. Receive right now. Close your eyes. Receive right now. Receive. Receive. Like David, maybe you say, I'm thirsting for you, Lord. I'm hungry for you, Lord. Just receive his love. He is right here. He is right here. Lord, our hearts are yours. Our lives are yours. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. Lord, we want to learn what it means to be a generous people, having a generous heart of worship to you and of love for other people. Lord, grow in us this beautiful generosity that our soul, our mind, everything about us is generous. Hearts of generosity. 